Welcome to the Cybertraps podcast. Today, we have a very special episode for you. I am your host, Jethro Jones. We'll be talking about the Inch360 conference that took place in Spokane, Washington. This conference is a must-attend event for cybersecurity folks here in Spokane, Washington. And it was a great opportunity for me to connect with cybersecurity folks here in Spokane and learn about a lot of things that are going on in the world of cybersecurity right now. This episode is one of the sessions from the conference. I hope you enjoy it. This session is the last mile of security, security awareness training trends. My name is Heather Stratford. Some of you know me, some of you don't. Um, I am the founder and CEO of Drip7. We are a micro learning platform uh, for cybersecurity education. And uh, we are headquartered and founded in Spokane, Washington. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions, and I'm going to ask you to participate in this. So this is much more interesting than, than you just sitting there. So why do people think cybersecurity is not their problem? How many of you have felt like this, that your leadership, your people all put their heads in the sand? By a raise of hands, how many of you have felt this? I think it's getting better. I think there's more in the mainstream news and general people who are not in cyber all of a sudden are saying, oh, maybe this is one of the problems we need to think about. But this is, I love this picture because I, I, I talk to people and they're like, well, it's not going to happen to me. And I'm like, why are you putting your head in the sand? Why do you think it's not going to happen to you? So here are some current statistics. And I didn't put what the statistic is for. So let's think about this. This is your mental exercise. 11 seconds. Think about what is 11 seconds. 1.2%. What is 1.2%? 3.4 billion daily and 8 trillion per year. Think about what those might be. All right, let's go through them. Every 11 seconds, there's a ransomware attack. Did you realize it was that common? Every 11 seconds. So when your leadership says, putting their head in the sand, and says, oh, it's not going to happen to us, here's a statistic. Every 11 seconds. 1.2% of all emails that are sent are malicious. This number has increased. It used to be less than 1%. Now it's 1.2%. That means if you have 100 emails coming into your inbox, how many of them are malicious? A little over one. When you think about that, you're blocking. You're blocking a lot of that coming in, but you're not going to be perfect. That's the problem. Cybersecurity is expected to be 100% perfect all the time, and you're not going to be perfect. So... 3.4 billion phishing emails are sent daily. And these are the bad phishing ones. These aren't the white hats. These aren't the people saying, hey, learn from this. These are the bad phishing emails. 3.4 billion. And over $8 trillion will be lost to cybercrime this year. That's the estimate that we will be topping $8 trillion by the end of the year. That's a huge amount, and it keeps going up. So first of all, you all have a job. 
you all have security in your job because this is a continuing problem and it's not going to go away. So 90% of cybercrime is due to human error. How many of you, by a raise of hands, believe this number? That's pretty overwhelming. I do have some people that argue with me and they're like, no, I think it's 95%. And I'm like, okay, okay, you, you might be right. But let's just all agree that it's a really large number and it's, it's the main part. People are the problem. I keep telling people cybersecurity is a people issue. There's great hardware out there. There's great firewalls. I'm not going to name them. There's great cloud infrastructures. I won't name them either. But, but there's great hardware. And yes, we do have to get faster. But it is a people problem. So let's look at this family here. This family includes young people. It includes middle-aged. It includes older people. This is a family, right? How is this family going to learn about cybersecurity? How do they traditionally learn about it? Trial and error, I heard over here. In the past, the first people to really start educating in cybersecurity was the military. If you served in the military, you were forced to learn it. You also then different types of businesses, if you worked government or if you worked financial, they started to push this education to you. So if you were military or work, you started to get cyber education because of who you were, what kind of job you had. Not everybody fits into those. So now we have all different types of of areas that are starting to address the issue. School. So if you go to a university or college, I'm going to pick on Whitworth over there. Whitworth now is training their students in cyber education. They're not the only ones, but they're realizing, hey, if we give them laptops and we give them access to things, maybe we should actually tell them what they can do and can't do. You have work, colleges, you have K through 12. There are two states in the United States that mandate having K through 12 education, meaning down to kindergarten and first grade, they're starting to learn about privacy and cyber. Senior centers, financial institutions. Now this is a newer one, right? If your credit card, your uh, information is compromised, financial institutions are starting to say, hey, how can I better train our people? How can I help not make this happen? And then volunteer organizations. I know working with DRIP7, we're working with some national nonprofits. Why? Because they have all these volunteers who are touching their system. Well, you better tell them what to do and what not to do, right? So all of a sudden, we have more places because it's a continuing problem. So 38% increase in 2022, which is the last year we have complete information for, 38% increase globally in cyber attacks. Now, I speak a lot, and I've pulled this data year after year, and it's been interesting to see how it shifted and changed. What industry or what sector do you not see in that top five list? And this is in order. 
Number one is education and research. In 2022, they were the most hit sector. Government and military was second, healthcare was third, communications was fourth, and the internet service providers were fifth on the list. Now, who is not up there? Financial and banking, why? Much harder target, that's exactly right. They've been on the top five list for years, and they're finally being pushed off the top five list because they spend, defend, and train. So these other sectors like education, government, healthcare, communications, they have to catch up, and they have to catch up on the people side. You know, a Fortinet firewall can only go so far if you hand somebody your credentials and your password. So who at work is targeted? Sometimes I think we think that it's just a very small segment. Oh, it might just be accounting. Maybe accounting is just targeted. New hires are targeted because they don't know the system very well. They don't know what to do and what not to do. Mid-level people, they're targeted. IT staff, who in this room has been targeted specifically, spear phishing, by, by a, a phishing attack? It's because you have credentials. HR staff, why would HR staff be spear phished and specifically targeted? PII, exactly. They have access and keys to all kinds of data, W-2s, et cetera. Vendors, contractors, and your C-suite. The attack might not be the same, but they're all targeted. So once again, 90% of cybercrime is due to human error. So what are we gonna do to change that? What are the trends in the industry that is, are trying to fix this? This is a problem that I've been working on for a long time. I love this picture. I looked hard to find a picture that it's like, yes. What's changing in the cybersecurity industry? When I talk to people about cybersecurity education, some of them say, give me something better because my people say they want to poke their eyes out. I'm like, really? People, they have a hate for it. They're like, oh my gosh, don't make me do that again. Some of you are laughing. So what's changing that it's not this person sleeping on the computer? Here's one of the changes. A once a year training for your employees does not work. Now intuitively, we know this. It's still the most common practice. Hey, I trained, you know, Riley's sitting right here. I gave Riley that training on onboarding three years ago. Or I gave Riley that training Last January, how come he doesn't remember, right? So it's human to forget. And it's called the Ebenhauser forgetting curve. And that's just uh, the person who discovered it and a lot of research has been built on it. But it basically it says, all of you sitting in this room who are listening to me already have tuned out. Now I'm trying to keep your attention by moving around and changing my voice and I'm really, really trying, but Half of you have already tuned out. So this is what it says. If all of you pay attention for a full hour and then you walk out of this room, 
you will retain less than 50%. You'll retain about 40% of that content if somebody asks you to tell you what was said just one hour later. If you go out a full 30 days, a full month, and I go over to Riley and I say, Riley, what did I say? He's going to remember this much, about less than 20%. Now, how do you change that statistic? And the way you do it is by it's more. You have to have more interaction. You have to see it more than once. I know I can't remember a phone number. If I am told it once, I will never remember it. I have to say it over and over and over again in my head. Our brains are just not hardwired to hear something once and get it. So when it comes to cybersecurity, it's the same thing. The goal is not to check a box. The goal is how do you get people to do something different and actually change behavior. So first of all, they have to remember it. They have to enhance their decision making. And they have to use it in real life. Only by doing that are they going to change their behavior. Makes sense, doesn't it? But only a small amount of companies right now are doing it, and yet they're seeing the results. They're seeing the behavior change. So different generations work differently. How many in this room hit the baby boomer generation? Who's going to raise their hand? OK, a couple of you. How many are Gen Xers? I'm a Gen X, OK? How many are millennials? OK, and Gen Z. Any Gen Zs? OK, good. Each generation is interacting with our technology differently. Baby boomers want to sit down, have, have a lecture. They want to go through. They want to know their, what they're supposed to cover. They want it in a traditional format. And they're used to it, and they like it. You get to a millennial, and they're like, oh roll their eyes like, why do we have to do this? They do things differently. There are 71 million millennials in the US workforce. 35% of the US workforce are the millennials. They are the largest sector. And you've all heard of the great resignation and trying to hire people, and people just won't stick. This is one of the reasons. Because we're not adapting to how the new generation is doing things. So millennials and Gen Z workers find micro-learning works for them, and that's what they want. So how do we take cybersecurity education and pull it into the world of what most of our employer employees are made of? They're younger. They're more techie. They want it in TikTok format. Now you're laughing. You're like, oh my gosh, right? They want it short. So short training sessions are better. This is what the statistics say. The statistics say if you're listening to something for longer than six minutes, you're sitting at your computer, you're watching a video, if it's longer than six minutes, you start to lose interest and your attention just drops. At six to nine minutes, learners become less engaged unless highly, highly motivated. And then at 9 to 10 minutes, they start to think about, when am I getting off of work? What am I eating for dinner? Am I going to work out with someone? Right? They start going somewhere else. So if you are not capturing them, 
you are not training them in skills development. So the new trends, gamification and microlearning, because it hits what the new learners are looking for. So what does gamification mean? It's kind of a fancy word. I have people who I talk to and they're like, oh, you made a game? I'm like, yeah, yeah, not a first person shooter game. Like that is not what I'm talking about when I say gamification. What gamification means is avatars, badges, rewards, leaderboards, um, things that are going to engage a learner and reward them. Now, some of you are rolling your eyes. I can already see it. You're like, oh my gosh, I've got to reward them for doing what I'm paying them to do. And the answer is yes. They want a reward. They want a gold star. So you need to put a gold star next to their name saying, hey, Riley, thanks for doing your training. You get a gold star. And Riley's going to be like, oh, man, I got a gold star. I should do my training more often. OK, so why gamification is surging? These are three statistics that I think stand out. They're pretty incredible. 90% of employees say gamification makes them more productive at work. Let's say even half of that's true. Let's take 50% of that, 45%, right? Maybe some of them are just buttering up, right? That's a huge number. They're like, yeah, that'll make me more productive, okay. 60% average engagement increase with the gamification work experience. And then 72% of people say gamification motivates them to do their tasks and work harder on the job. Those are pretty staggering numbers. So do you train for each job role? Here's another trend currently in the cybersecurity awareness space. It's not that I, as an administrator, am going to push out the same training to all of you. You all are not the same. I've got this section over here, your IT. I push training to you, and you're like, that's wrong. How come this is said that way? No, I don't agree with this. You guys are going to argue with me on every question. This section in the middle, you guys are accounting you're going to get hit in a very different way. And then I have people over here. You're all new. And you're like, training? Why should we do training, right? So the question is, are you currently pushing the same training to every employee in your company? Or are you st staggering it and making it job role specific? When you make it specific, people pay more attention. Nothing is worse than being required to take training that you know is not for you, right? I know people, healthcare system, teachers who are like, oh my gosh, I, had to, I was required to take three hours of blood-borne pathogens, and I'm an accountant. And they hate it. So make sure it lines up. Train specifically for their roles. Now, some of you are going to say, oh my gosh, that takes work. And it's like, it doesn't, because there are solutions out there that are job role specific. Here's a question. Does phishing employees work? OK, so I have up here, he said, if it didn't, we wouldn't do it. 
Okay, so how many of you, I'm gonna say, yes, it works, no, it doesn't. So first, yes, does it work, okay? Does it not work? It depends on how it's done. And here's, here's the question that I put up here. For fishing to work, training needs to be tied directly to it. So if I push a training out here to Bill, and I push a fish to him, and he fails it, and then three months later, I put him in a group to learn about fishing. Is that going to help him learn? No, because it's not tied to the training. So a lot of times, fake fishing goes out, and it's like, well, we got a metric. 20% of the people failed. I'm like, okay, well, what'd you do about it? Did you tell them right there on the spot? So thinking about how do you train and use it as an actual training experience. So these are three different types of fishes that go out. And also, I was just having this conversation with Mike over there where we were talking about it's almost like companies are afraid to fail. They're like, oh, I, I want our fishing number to come back as zero. I'm like, well, what good is that? If you say, this is a fish, don't click, of course they're not going to click, right? If you make it so obvious. I mean, you're not training them if you make it too obvious. You're not training them if you make it so outside their realm that it's not real. So training needs to be fluid. This is another trend within the cybersecurity awareness space right now. Fluid. What does fluid mean? Fluid means when you see something, let's say you have an attack coming in, you can immediately turn around and train on it. Now, it seems pretty simple, right? Hey, we see something. Let's train on this. Most companies are not set up to be fluid. They're set up to say, hey, add that to our onboarding for next year, right? And Brant brought this out in the panel. We have to get faster. We cannot sit around and wait for the next reiteration of our training to catch up to the current attack. One of the things you can ask your cybersecurity awareness person is, are we fluid? Can we push out content when we see things? Can we be adaptive? Because it helps. So what kinds of training should I train on? Many people ask me, they're like, okay, so what, what should be in this list? Let's go through a couple of things that should be in your, your training. This I love, you've probably seen a different type of chart like this where it's for passwords. When you tell somebody, and I'm gonna pick on Kim over here, if I tell Kim, hey Kim, you need to have a secure password. Kim's looking at me, and maybe she's not in IT. She goes, what does that mean? Like, oh, I'll add a one to the back of it. Or, oh, I'll add an explanation point to it, right? Kim doesn't understand what I'm talking about. So if you look at here, number of characters, if I go down to, let's say, 10 characters, and I go across and I include numbers, lowercase letters and upper, I'm at one month to crack that. If I just add two or three more digits to this, if I go down to 14 and I go across to upper and lowercase letters and numbers, I'm at 800,000 years. 
Now that's random. That's saying it's random and most of us put, you know, known words in. But the number is exponentially harder to crack. Like it, it's just, it goes off the charts. So when I talk to people, I'm like, Kim, hey, you have a 10, 10 digit password. You need to make it 15 digits. Kim gets that. And if you show her why, Kim's like, oh, well, that makes sense. I know why. So you need to train and you need to help explain why. All right. You also can train on things that are a little more technical, like OWASP. So many of you know this, but Mark created this in 2001. Uh, Mark Corfi, I think that's how you pronounce it. And OWASP is an international organization now, and it stands for Open Web Application Security Project. Now, why I put this up here is because if you have technical staff, you want to be training on this. From 2017 to 2021, there were changes in the OWASP top 10 and what they're seeing. Things were added, like, for example, down here on the bottom, server-side request forgery is one of the new top 10 areas. Have you trained your IT staff on that yet? If you haven't, this is one of those areas that you can do training with. Okay, third, ransomware attack. If you were to pick a random person in your organization, just a regular employee, not an IT employee, and they had a ransomware screen hit their computer, do they know what to do? Raise your hand if you think your random employee knows what to do. They don't. They're going to freak out. Many of them are not going to tell you because they're afraid they did something wrong. They're going to reboot. Thank you, Brant. Yes. They're going to lose the forensic evidence because they don't know not to turn off their and un, not reboot their computer, right? So train them. So this is one of those areas you can say, this could happen. If it did happen, here are the three things I want everybody to know what to do. So three different areas that you can train your employees on. So. You want to nurture skills development. You want to make sure you're covering everything from physical security, mobile and home computing. Many people, if you ask a general employee in your company, do you have a password on your router at home? They'd be like, oh, routers all have passwords, right? So, so you have to train them. Social engineering, phishing, passwords, privacy, and current trends. These are some others over on the other side. Piggybacking, cloud computing, uh, data classification. These are all areas to train on. So I want a raise of hand for somebody to tell me what this number is. What percentage of cybercrime is due to human error? Go ahead in the back. 90%. Thank you. Now, why did he remember that? Why? Go, oh, go ahead, Nolan. Why did he remember it? It's, uh, it's written on the bottom because he's cheating. Okay. He must have really, really good eyes. Okay. Why did he remember? It's been less than an hour. I said it. So you heard it. 
said it, and he saw it multiple times, right? So when you train, he's going to remember that. So in a month, if I ask him, what did Heather talk about? He's going to be like, oh, I remember. 90% of cybercrime is due to human error. It's the one thing he's going to remember because it was said multiple times. That's what micro-learning is. So train your employees in cybersecurity. If you feel your employees are not valuable enough to train, you should rethink having those employees. Training will reduce cyber risk. You need to train not just yearly, but weekly or daily. Training should adapt to changes. When you see it, you should be able to turn around and train on it. Training should be engaging and short. Training should be reward-focused and not fear-focused. Thank you.